The Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Party on, Raleigh, and party on, Kevin. Hey! Dogs of War, Dogs of War podcast. Cleveland Browns. It's the offseason. It's time to talk brown stuff with your excellent co-host, Raleigh. And with him, as always, is equally excellent co-host, Kevin. Browns confirmed, Raleigh. Browns confirmed Kevin. Dogs of War! Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, we're recording, but uh, I got something in the oven, so it's 6.30 Central, 7.30 Cleveland time. I got to run off for like 10 seconds. But what you anyway! Making? What are you making? Don't just say that. And I, got some ch- I, I, I got some chicken bacon tonight. Oh, well, that's, that's underwhelming. Speaking of bacon and baker, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. You got me, Kevin, along with Raleigh. And special guest, who everyone in Cleveland knows. He's been on the podcast before. He is the reporter and social media producer for Cleveland.com for Pro and College Sports. You can find him on Twitter, on Instagram. We'll have all his info in the description. Of course, Mr. Hayden Grove. Hayden, how are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I was just ADD, adult ADHD. That is a real thing. Uh, are you like one of the younger guys in your position by a lot? <laughs> by a lot. Getting right into it. Getting right into it. I don't know if yeah. age discriminations. Not trying to age discriminate any of our listeners or potential no. media folks, but. I would say I'm definitely one of the younger ones. But, um, like, Cammy Justice is about my age. Uh, some of the guys who work for the Browns are my age. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else off the top of my head. I mean, the, the people that work for Cleveland.com, not necessarily in sports, like, but on my team, they, um, they're about my age. So, I mean, relatively, I would say, yeah. I'm definitely one of the younger people, you know, on the covering the Browns or Indians or anything like that. So if you're in the NFL, you'd be midway through your second contract? What are you, 27? No, 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 no. I think I'd still be on my rookie contract. How old are you? 28. Yeah, isn't that? It, oh, I, you're, I, you're saying, like, I'm referring it to, like, if if I was in my career, but yeah, yeah again, yes. I, if I'm 28, I would be at this, like sec- halfway through my second contract. Yeah, keep up, local media. Let's yeah, go. we're we me and Kevin are retired after a, in yeah. our age equivalent. Re- retired. Uh, I didn't make it out of training camp as an undrafted rookie. I'm saying best case scenario, if we were in the NFL, we would be at the twilight of our careers at best, likely retired. After a good run, I'd like to be retired after a good run. Without question. You know what I was talking about? This would be a good segue into the. um, We love segues. Big segue podcast. Big segue podcast. Into the softball game. Yes. Uh, uh, When is Travis Kelsey going to retire? Like, when he's kind of slowing down, he's going to end up a Brown one day. I was. Yep. 100%. You know, he wants in on it. Yeah. And it might not be it might not be anytime soon, maybe like five, six years, but he, he's gonna end up in We're gonna jump all around the softball game, but speaking of Kelsey, obviously he plays for the Chiefs. Yeah. In his interview at the softball game, first of all, Bernie Kosar, he says his childhood idol. That's why he really got into football, something along those lines. And he was wearing a Manny Ramirez Indians jersey for his interview. So it, the guy as he said, I believe the two one six. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's. I mean, he's. He's one of us. He's a Clevelander, you know. Straight up, yeah, you know. He, people, you know, we're right. gonna get him on that late. Con- we're gonna get him in that late year. Yeah. 
Yeah, and not like not he's gonna be he's not gonna be like totally unproductive. He's just gonna be like a little long in the tooth and you know, maybe not the guy that he once was and then sick locker room guy. Harrison Bryant at that point is gonna be like a stud, but he's yeah. gonna be super like oh, I don't care, I'm I'm the man and Kelsey's gonna help like ring him back in a father like yeah. figure Some, him in. With someone like Kelsey though, Unless he has some, and then not go. I don't want him to have some kind of crazy injury or something, and that slows him down. I feel like five, ten years from now, if he's still in the league, God willing, he's still he won't be obviously as fast as he was now. He's still gonna be a guy you have to plan for. Oh yeah, like he's never not gonna be a threat out there. Like he's a freak. The reason why, if people are wondering why we're talking about Travis Kelsey on a Cleveland Browns podcast over the weekend, and also one of the reasons why we brought Hayden on. I flew home for the Jarvis Landry charity softball game. The two teams were captained, one by Travis Kelsey, who's born and raised in Cleveland, and the other team, obviously, captained by Jarvis Landry. I had some pretty good seats. I was third row behind, you know, first baseline, third baseline. Hayden, though, uh, was right on the field, and it looked like an absolute blast out there. I have a lot of different places we can go with this. You were – go ahead. It was, it was a it was fun for everyone. I thought it was a great day. Like it was kind of the first, maybe the first or second like thing I've experienced at covering without like masks or you know any kind of protocols. So it was like kind of cool. It was like it felt like normal, and it's awesome. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you were three rows up, but I was on the. But like we had the same experience, and maybe, and maybe I got to move around a little bit more. But we saw the same things, and it was a lot of like I just had a great time. And now, that you say that, say, oh yeah. The- the field level, it's so much better. My life is awesome. I'm you bring up a, a great point, great observation, and I said this sitting there. Everyone was having a blast at yeah. this game. Everyone in the stands, everyone on the field, they all put on a hell of a show. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was awesome. I mean, you know, you saw the guys jumping up and down, like, you know, Kareem Hunt hit a grand slam to end it. Like, it was, it was really fun. And then, the, you know, the home run derby – Baker's always going to make everything he does competitive because that's just who he is. Unbelievable. Can we find one thing this guy's not good at? That's what I said. I said I'm not Dick Riding. I'm just saying we have not found one thing. I'm saying that Dick Riding, you idiot. I forgot who I told Why? That. That's a common term out there. Dick Jersey Riding. Jason, whatever. Yeah. I think I said I forgot who I said it to. I said, Baker's one of those guys that is just good at everything. Like everything. Like he's probably, I've heard he's a decent golfer. I haven't golfed with him yet. Um, I heard he's a decent golfer. I heard he's getting into it. Uh, obviously, like, smoking home runs in the home run derby, like, out of the stadium. He's a great dancer. I know that. We know that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's sick at video games. Like, Is he? And I think th- this is, uh, for those of you that play Fortnite, and I'll keep this as quick as humanly possible, back when, now everyone's good at Fortnite. Like, 12-year-olds will light your shit up, so right. everybody's gotten progressively better since it's been around. But right. before, it was common that people put up like 12 cartoon kills in a game baker was doing it and you're like god that's i don't know if it's like a thought process thing or but yeah it's like even video games yeah but, it's just, and he's, he's not alone in that like garrett's sick too yeah yeah no i've i've heard that there are some guys that just are gamers gamers and, and, <laughs> and odell streams like, yeah i haven't seen i haven't said i am not a video game guy so i don't really like and i don't have neither am i but back, so back to the softball game. Yeah, back to the softball game. This started, and so I flew home Saturday morning from Chicago, and then it was a quick trip. When I landed, I was checking Twitter, and of course, 
they were showing the lot, the parking lot at the stadium in Eastlake. The game was at the Lake County Captain Stadium. People were tailgating five hours before the gates even opened. I, we're talking the whole Muni lot was in this parking lot. All the buses and the vans and people on loudspeakers and music. It was unbelievable. And also the least surprising thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I, I, <laughs> I've gotten lucky enough to meet a lot of those great people in the Muni lot. And like, it didn't surprise me at all that they were there because they're passionate and they love it. But like, I think they were just itching, itching after last year to go out and tailgate for whatever reason. Yep. So that was exactly what they did. And I got to love them for it. I mean, I said in that tweet, I said, you know, Browns fans are the, most, the best fans in the world. I mean, they really are. They care about the team so much. They're so passionate. And now that they're good, like now that they're a good team, like it's even ramped up further. I mean, we we really haven't seen, at least in my lifetime, I really haven't seen a good, good, good Browns team. No. Seen fans like, you know, be able to really rally behind it. So I'm just so excited for this season because I want to see, you know, I, I've seen, you know, the passion of this fan base, you know, in person, but just like not in the way that I think we're going to see it this fall. Amen. And for people that weren't there or haven't been on social media or living under a rock or the 480 bridge, it was, I mean, you named it. It was Baker, Odell, yeah. Jarvis, Miles Garrett, Kareem. It was a bunch of guys from other teams. Uh, what's his name from the Steelers? I love it. And he was a good sport about it. Just got pummeled with the booze every time he got up. But he was hilarious about it. Wait, wait, wait. Who? Uh, he was, uh, I think he's third, a corner. third or fourth receiver. Joe, Joe, no, oh, not, um, not Hayden. No, it was a rod receiver. But so how the setup was is the doors opened at like two. I believe the home run derby started at four. A bunch of guys got up there and were just whacking balls. Baker had seven or eight home runs. He was in first or second place. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. He's the head of football for Clutch Sports. Demarius Bilbo. Bilbo. I mean, him and Baker put softballs into the bleachers, but my goodness, can this guy rake a softball? Yeah, he was ridiculous. Oh, my God. He, I just, you just felt bad for the balls, and they literally ran out of softballs. They did. They, they did. put so many balls into the stands. They came over the loudspeaker in like the third inning. They, hey, uh, our bad. If you got any balls in the stands and want to throw them back, we we'll give you some free tickets or an autograph or something. They ran out of balls, and then we went into the softball game. It got mercy ruled after five innings because Team Jarvis whooped up on Team Kelsey like twenty something to. Nothing. Yeah. Not nothing, but I, it was a hell of a time. I mean, Bernie was there. Bernie threw out the first pitch, and then Bernie was going kind of like section to section with our friend here, Hayden. And once he would go by like by where there's like a stairwell or something, he'd be on the field. You would see a thousand people lining up down the um, stairway to just get a picture or just to get an autograph of Bernie. The chance, like I was telling you guys before we started recording, whether it's the draft a random bar, a baseball stadium of 8,000 people sold out softball charity game. Yeah. I love that. It will always the Bernie, Bernie, no matter will always, always happen. And so I saw Hayden and Bernie came like right up to our section and, you know, Bernie had 4,000 people lining up, like sprinting up to get his autograph. And then I just said, Hayden, can I have your autograph? And then Bernie kind of even looked up and was like, what? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm hilarious. Sick joke, dude. Thank you uh, very much. Did anybody have a sick, uh, what do you call it? You used to call it when you pimp it, if you uh, hit a dinger and you okay. have like swag, like the post right after a home run, you know it's going out. 
Yeah, like a following it. Oh, right, like a pose, something like that. Did anybody have one of note? I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I don't know. Maybe like Baker during the. I mean, Baker just got pumped. You know, that's how. That's what he does. He just gets pumped, and like, I don't remember if anybody had like a sick bat flip. I don't know. Oh, let's just say, let's the just bat say flips Baker. were huge. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But like, I don't remember so, what. For the listeners, I had to just run away for thirty seconds to get chicken out of the oven. If so, I missed the question. But uh, no, who had the most sick bat flip caliber post ah, dinger? Sorry. Anybody of note? Uh, didn't Jarvis whip one up pretty high? Yeah, I thought that that was one I was thinking of too, Jarvis. Yeah, but like well, Hayden said, too ordinary. If it's too out of the, if it's too crazy, then that kind of kills it. So right, let's just like, say Baker and uh, move on to Brown stuff. Yeah, well, like Hayden said, it was just you got to remember with the, the stadium capacities. A lot of these folks haven't seen these guys in person or up close yeah. in forever. Yeah. So, and one more Segway. thing. We'll put Seg- a, uh, you said one more thing. Go ahead. We'll put a bow. Hey, we were there. All right, let us talk about it. Yeah. Uh, put a bow on that is when they asked Jarvis after the game of the press conference, like, what do you think about people tailgating five hours before? He just looked up and goes, yeah, least surprising thing ever. Next question. Yeah. I love it. And like you said, Hayden, final bow, Raleigh. The one thing I want so bad for these dudes to see is, yeah, the six, 12,000 people in the stands last year brought it as hard as we could, as hard as they could. They have no idea what they're in for. I we we have no idea what that we've seen it. I mean, it's sold out regardless, but every game, even when we suck. But this, like you said, now that we're good, is going to be biblical. Segway. Uh damn. Well, let me postpone that segue. <laughs> this reminds uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, documentary called Broad Street Bullies about the uh about the nineteen seventies, the Philadelphia Flyers. They were an expansion team, and they kind of they. Uh, it's kind of controversial because they brought the goon into the uh, NFL. That concept. It's a sick documentary, and those guys are awesome and badass. But they were so blue collar and connected with the city, and like after the first, they they won back to back championships in a team that was depleted of anything glorious for a long time. But I do remember that they would have these softball events and they were like, yeah, we'd have beers with the fans afterwards. And I see that in this team and it just seems like it's, it's all coming together. It's all coming together guys. But the segue was, there was a segue of speaking of in person. Yeah. Hayden, Hayden Grove, a member of the local Cleveland media team was in person at the training camp can give us some actual Browns, subject matter to talk about in this playoff season, post-playoff off-season drought where we have no idea what to talk about half of our episodes. Let's talk about Brown stuff. Coming at you live, Hayden Grove. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot. The, I mean, to be honest with you, minicamp is not – I mean, it's basically just guys in shorts and they're running around and then getting to know each other. It's a glorified, you know – Touch football practice. I mean, there's a reason these guys don't want to do it. They don't want to come because they, you know, JC Treader said it the other day, like they feel like they'll be more ready for the season without it because, you know, sometimes these coaches go rogue and, and really like, you know, working really hard. And then they feel like they're not, you know, then they have to go out back for a month. And it's like, it's a lot, but I think, I think again, I think that the fun thing about this particular mini camp was more so that like, you got to see Jadavion Clowney. You got to see this whole new defense. You got to see John Johnson the third. You got to see Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa. Like, 
you know, it's it's not. I mean, I guess it, it it's almost as exciting as like you know when you get a bunch of rookies like Baker and Denzel and all those guys. I mean, that was fun to go out there and see them for the first time. But I mean, this more of a glorified meet and greet. Hey, you know, these are your new teammates. Um, you know, let's just get in the field and see what we can do. Yeah, so, and for for people that are again living under a rock, mandatory mini camp was this week, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. From my understanding, and again, you were there in the flesh, so correct me if I'm wrong. It, it was just that. And people put so much attention and unnecessary weight into this thing. It was a total of five hours on the field with no pads. Everything else was a classroom, correct? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. I think like when you talk about takeaways um, from minicamp, I don't take anything away except for the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is an absolute freak show. Okay, you posted this, or someone on Cleveland.com posted this, the one of uh, Baker throwing to Odell in the one-hand catch. Anyone else just aroused by that? I, I was. So Okay, so Matt Starkey is the Browns photographer. Right? He, and that's the one where he's like reaching back and he makes – he didn't catch that ball. But There's a video <laughs> of him catching a ball. That's, that's the one I was like, this is – I'm aroused. The one that Matt got, I don't think he caught that ball because that was the one that I posted about when he like stumbled and somersaulted and like was fine. Oh, your tweet scared the hell out of me, by the way. Yeah. Well, because the first half of that tweet, it was like Odell Beckham just stumbled while catching the ball and somersaulted up and with his hands up. And I was so it was like scary and then ended good. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's like seven months removed from ACL surgery, moving like completely normal, like not even, didn't even look limited. I mean, really. For what they, for what they did. He didn't look limited. He was running routes with the, with, you know, Jarvis, with Donovan People Jones, with those guys. Like, I mean, he got today off, which was good, but like, man, I mean, it just, it's insane. It's insane how good of a shape he is, you know, coming off of an ACL surgery. That's, a, you sick, talk- that's a sick clickbait move. The old first half of the tweet, scary, second half, sick. Nice move. Well played, media. I didn't really play it that way. I was just saying. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just an yeah. erotic Browns fan. Right. Can you talk? I watched all the press conferences because I'm a loser and don't have a life. One thing that was a common theme, especially with like Judavian Clowney's interview, it just seems like the, from what the, some of the people that are asking the questions were saying, hey, you guys look like you're just having a blast out there. And that's something we haven't really ever seen in Cleveland is from the sound of it, everyone on the field, both sides of the ball, actually enjoy playing with one another. They enjoy playing for Kevin and Alex and Woods. What were you seeing in terms of that? Yeah, I think it's, I think definitely I saw that joy. And obviously, again, it's probably because it was great weather all week and they were in no pads. And they haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But like the offense, I mean, they have a, like, I was, tell, I was talking to Mary Kay about this. The offense is, the she's covered the team forever, like not forever, but like for a long time, right? And I was like, Mary Kay, have you ever seen the exact same offense, like literally the same offense come back the next season? She said no. And I was like, that's some like you got every starting offensive lineman is going to be back. Every starting running back is going to be back. I mean, obviously injuries that whatever, but like you have the exact same. So those guys know each other. They're friends. They they communicate. Like they know this offense, and I think that's such a huge thing. Is that like you're not going to have a lot of the growing pains that you had last year. You're not going to have a lot of the like training camp last year. There were points where we were like, whoa, this is not good. This is like this is really not good. Like Baker couldn't complete a pass. And then, you know, then you learn the work and, and all that stuff. But um, And then they came together. So this year, I mean, they're going to be starting from a much better place. 
And I think that only pushed them to a much better place. And then for the defense, I think you just got a lot of fun guys. I think you got like, you know, I think Jadavian Clowney is, is going to bring a breath of fresh, fresh air to them. Um, he's kind of not, not, you know, he takes it serious, but he's a jokester. And then, um, you know, Miles is a certainly a guy who enjoys himself and looks like the, you know, the defense always, for some reason, defense always is just the louder, more fun group for whatever. Like maybe they're or the whack jobs yeah. of, the, of the team. Yeah. Exactly. They're the drummers of the band. They're the goalies yeah. of the hockey team. Yeah. Yeah. So they're whooping it up, you know, all the time. So you're right, though. I mean, it, it, they do genuinely seem like they enjoy each other. And uh, I think Kevin Stefanski has done a great job of kind of, you know, having them come together despite a pandemic, despite, you know, all these Zoom calls. Um, I think they've done a, an amazing job of kind of building that camaraderie. And I think we're only going to see it help them this year. The term is culture, gentlemen. And I think we got it. Yeah. Shout out to Jarvis. Shout out to Baker. Shout out to Stefanski. I think those were probably the three, I would say, the three most. Miles, yeah. Miles, yeah. Hey, how good did did Stefanski look out there? (laughs) How's the jawline? How's that jawline? Well, yeah. Has he put on on COVID weight? He's a dime. No. No way does that guy put on COVID weight. Well, the only reason I said he's a dime is because I think one of my friends calls him, that's what they call him. Is just dying. I'm like, okay. <laughs> nah, he's, he's undeniably hot. Um, <laughs> on the topic of a guy that's witnessed the game or witnessed the Browns at that level from year to year, and you've seen, you know, want to call it dumpster fires or whatever, red alerts, and Caden nods, like, yeah. Um, for Odell specifically, does he look physically different? than, say, two years ago when he got here? Or are you seeing signs of something that you hadn't seen before? I mean, you alluded to that he's looking good, but... I, I mean, okay, so I, I was talking... Again, I was talking to somebody about, somebody about this. It's like, I think just... I think finally I've gotten accustomed... Like, when Odell first got to Cleveland, it was like, holy F, this is a unicorn. Like, we have not seen this in Cleveland ever. Um, and then when Jarvis, same thing, it was like, whoa, Miles Garrett, same thing, whoa, like Nick Chubb, whoa, like, so I don't know if he looks that different. He still just looks like he's a unicorn. He looks great. And like these guys are like, they look like really good NFL players. And we haven't <laughs> in Berea in a, you know, in a long time. So it's like, if they don't look like any different than they did two years ago. I can't really say that, but I can say that they are different. And that's a fair question. That's a good question and a fair question. But I do want to stick up for – who am I sticking up for? I guess – anyway, I'm I'm just probably about to go on a rant against the Browns Twitter that I have been recently. It's, again, to reiterate this a thousand times, guys, everyone – all of us, we want to look at nothing but Browns porn. By in terms of Browns porn, Baker throwing passes to Jarvis, Odell, all you know, all these things happening. It's not happening with seven on sevens with five total hours over three days in their yeah. shorts and t-shirts. Right. So everyone's clamoring, like, why didn't everyone give me the you know, I want more footage? Like, where's Odell and Jarvis? That's not what this is. Again, well, it was a meet and greet big old pizza party to get a little foundation for when training camp hits the end of July. We're ready to go, baby. That's correct. That's correct. That's exactly right. And um, it didn't help that the so the media is on this side and the defense was right up front, and then the the offense was on the other side of the field. So it's a lot harder for us to see, and we can't like it's a lot, you know Zepp Ruder filmed video from that far away. So it's like 
maybe if they were on this field closer to us, then maybe we, you know, you could have gotten some more footage, but that was my next question. Not to interrupt you is yeah. what are the differences between last year and this year's restrictions on media at these things? Well, there wasn't oh, one last year. Say it again. I didn't think that we had this last year. Wasn't it no. all canceled? No, but like there was training camp and like it's, it was kind of similar. I guess masks are the only thing that was, that's that we don't have to wear masks if you're vaccinated. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the restrictions aren't anything crazy. I think I think training camp's going to be pretty much full go. Like, maybe they'll have a little bit lesser in terms of attendance, but, like, I think training camp's going to be pretty much, like, normal. Before I forget, I, I did see, um, what was the name? I don't remember who tweeted it, but somebody indicated that Peoples-Jones was looking badass. Yeah. Uh, Baker, Baker said it. Baker said Baker said that Peoples Jones looks incredible. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. Uh, oh, what the hell's the name of the guy? We were going to have him on last year, and there was a time. There was a like a schedule. I thought he meant like Thursday of next week, and it was Thursday of like the time we were speaking. Yeah. I know you're talking. I forget who we're talking about, but I remember that situation. Yeah. But he just said he looked like a Goliath, and I, I don't know where the hell I'm going on a rant of sources i can't name not because i am like not allowed to but i just can't remember who said it but there was some guy a friend of mine was golfing with a guy that was a recruiter for i think it was wisconsin or something and he said to the recruiter like do you ever do anything like sleazy to promise to get a player and the guy laughed and said no i don't or i've never done that but if i did it would have been for people's jones because that guy's an animal and he went to michigan they have a dumpster fire of a organization going on. We got him as a steal in the yeah. seventh and yeah. he had some legit highlights of last year. Obviously the Cincy catch was unreal. And I think the Tennessee, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the only like breakaway deep ball pass? And he just looked like a stud. I mean, this guy is literally figuring out what it's like to have a competent quarterback and be on a competent team and to have competent coaching. I mean, the, I was telling again. I, I was telling somebody like Donovan Peoples Jones. Like, if you're a Michigan fan, you got to be like, what the f? Like, yeah. like what? Like this guy is going to go out and perform like and be a number four receiver for the Cleveland Browns, who are in the AFC Championship or, or, or were very close to the AFC Championship game, and he didn't do squat for us in Michigan. Like, how? Like, how does that happen? He's got the ceiling to be a number one too. He, yeah, he was easily a first round talent. Like, easily. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, that Cincinnati catch just by itself. Yep. I mean, two feet in, he had to turn around back to the other shoulder, caught it like in his chest, like got away from, like uh, didn't allow the cornerback to like see the ball. Like, it, 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 There's a clutch factor too. That wasn't right? midway through the second. That was with seconds on the clock right. left. And I mean, we all know Baker kind of has that clutch factor, and that's a great and amazing, amazing, amazing throw. But like that, that throw, you know, doesn't always get caught. And Donovan Peoples Jones can catch it. I mean, the guy is a freak. And I, I think again, I think once Odell and Jarvis leave, which will probably be within the next two, three years, um, just given their age and contract situations or whatever. I mean, heck, who knows? Maybe they'll stay longer. But I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones could be a guy that they have who could be a kind of foundational piece with, you know, with your Nick Chubb, with your Baker Mayfield. I really believe that. Did you see? Stick with us, Higgins. Stick with us, Higgins. Did you see Schwartz run it all? Uh, yes, I did. He's fast. <laughs> Damn fine journalism. I don't think there. people are, are realizing, a lot of people are, but some aren't, 
He is on paper right now the fastest person in the NFL. Not fastest rookie, not fastest Brown, the yeah. fastest talent in the National Football League. I don't think he's the fastest Brown. What? Who do you think is? Odell? You think oh. Odell's got him? Dang, okay. I, I see them having some big-time battles. Put them at the starting line together, Odell wins that race. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm either way. You said I can't I, argue it. Odell's one of the best athletes on the planet, not just football. And I, yeah. But we have a young team that's not, like, way too young, like veteran but still young. Yeah. We have great receivers in Landry and Odell, uh, and I think they're going to be huge in – helping these younger guys develop yep. and the talent is there, whether they are veteran or rookies or, Oh, it's chill. Well, Jarvis had Schwartz come down to Florida and work out the day after the draft yep. with them. Right. And they're hitting dingers in softball. Let's go, dude. Yeah, Straight up. I mean, with Schwartz. Yeah. I think Schwartz obviously is going to need some development. Um, but again, I think, I think I saw something. I mean, Bo Nix was not all that, you know, did not help Anthony Schwartz at all, you know, in, at Auburn. So, uh, to have a good deep ball quarterback in Baker, again, to have a guy who can stretch your defense in Schwartz, I mean, that's huge. Um, and, again, it's, I'm just more concerned about, you know, his ability to catch the football and that kind of stuff. But, like, he's no, like there's no doubt he can make a play. Like, he's just that fast. I mean, uh, on holes, that. holes for some guys, you know, seem really small. That You know, a small hole for that guy is going to seem really big because he can get through it quickly takes the top off of the defense, like you have to account for him. Yeah. Like you can't, unless he proves that he has zero ability to catch a ball. I mean, I'm already, I mean, I'm not looking at it because I think, you know, we got we to gotta really focus on the present. But, I mean, you can see a future of Donald Peoples-Jones, Richard Higgins, Anthony Schwartz. Um, I'm good with that. Back-to-back yeah. Super Bowls. I'm way ahead of you. I'm I hear you. Loud and clear. I, um, so, I, I know it is training camp, or it's not training camp, it's uh, – the hell is it even called? Mandatory mini camp. Mandatory mini camp. Um, any hot takes, flashes of kick assness um, for our rookie core? How's JOK looking? JOK is not very big. Um, they say he looks like a cornerback if you don't know his JOK. He looks like a safety. Uh, or that. But that's okay. It's a fast league. You got to play fast. Um, I'm fine with. I'm fine with speed. I think I'm fine with speed. I think this NFL is all about like speed of kills, and I think he, I think they need it. He can tackle too. Yeah, exactly. Hot, other hot takes. Um, I, th- I think Clowney's going to be an absolute stud. I think Clowney's just going to take this team and just elevate it. Like, he doesn't have a choice. I think people no. are like praying. Like no. I, he's got to stay healthy. We get that, but well, guys, but, this yeah. is a this is a contract year for him technically. Right. Yeah, and again, this is a guy who's an athletic freak. And I think, and somebody made a great point to me, instead of putting, and, and they will, they'll bookend them. They'll put them at each side, right? They will do that. Why not put them together? Uh, depth. Stefanski did say like, a rare put glimpse. To, put them next to each other. Put them, you know, move, uh, move Malik Jackson to end one play. Like, not all the time, but, like, could you imagine trying to double-team them to, or trying to, you know, you have Miles and Jadavion Clowney coming in for the right side? <laughs> How much? How good is that going to be for Baker, too, in practice, to have to deal with that two-headed monster every day? And even Genevieve was giving props to Tack McKinley. He's, saying, he's like, we have so, many, so much good talent here, it's unbelievable. But Stefanski, who rarely says anything, which I love about him, yeah. he said to, the, to you guys in the press conference this week, he said, you're going to be seeing these guys out there a lot together. I can't yeah. wait. 
Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to be next to each other, but they'll be out there a lot together, which right. is going to be incredible. I've, you know, and you, like the problem is that I'm even like forgetting about Tack McKinley. You can't forget about Tack McKinley. Like, that's another guy. You could have, you could, again, you could put, you, you're, you could have five. I mean, I, I think they're going to probably play like a three, uh, what is it? A uh, four, four, two, four, five. Three. Four, four two, two, five. Yep. They're going to play a four, two, five. And like, but, you know, sometimes you could probably see Tack McKinley, Billings, Malik Jackson, Jadavion, Claudia, Miles Garrett on, on the same line. Like, it's going to be insane. Two hot takes. These are probably the most analytical sports guy takes I've ever taken uh, since the existence of this podcast and around specific memes done by me. Um, one, I think that Stefanski is big on that 40 chess. Uh, my frame of reference is after, um, after the first Pittsburgh win last year that got us into the playoffs, that entire game, Chubb and Kareem, they would have entire possessions to themselves or they weren't sharing possessions, Yeah, which was kind of contrary to how they've been, yeah. where they would thrive throughout the season. And we talked to Baker about it, like, hey, what's going on? And Tom actually brought it up and he said, uh, he was, he alluded to that he was preparing for the next game, not wanting to show all your cards yeah. with the intention of playing the Steelers again. So yeah. that's badass. Paid off. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see something along the lines of not necessarily uh, Clowney, Garrett on at the on the field at the same time throughout the season. I mean, they might be. I, I could be speaking out of my ass, and I absolutely am. But I think you're going to see different strategies later in the season or in the playoffs versus throughout the year if yeah. they can secure their spot in the playoffs. Yeah. Two, with JOK, they say he's undersized or whatever, but they're, they always talk about Woods um, wanting the, uh, the three safety set. Yeah. I think he's a guy that will be able to roll in as a safety or like that hybrid player. Mm-hmm. And if he is fast and he's got the talent, they're going to use them however they want. Yeah. They're going to develop it to their own. Yeah, I completely agree with that with JOK. And I agree with you 100%. Like, I think Chiefs week one, when they they might not win that game and they might not care because they're not going to show all their cards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even JJ the third came out in his press conference and said something along the lines of, we have so many different options and things we can throw at these offenses. It's going to be tough to game plan for us every single week. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what, what they drafted for. That's what they signed these guys for. Yep. That reason to have those, that like, you know what I love that Kevin Stefanski says, and he says it all the time. So we want to, we want to be multiple. We want to be multiple, which means we want to do, we want to have variation. We want to have different things that we can do. We, you know, that's why they have these de- this depth, you know, that's why they didn't want to get rid of David and Joku. That's why they, you know, they 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 like Ronnie Harrison. They brought in John Johnson. They like Grant Delpit. They like uh, Shelter Brother. Like they have depth because they every guy has a different skill set, and you can kind of do a lot of different things. And I think defensively, especially, you know, they're going to do a ton of different things. You're going to see guys in coverage. Like you know, you're going to see like you said, you're going to see JOK in coverage. You're going to see um, you know maybe Anthony Walker blitzing. You're going to see you know corners blitzing. I mean, it's just it's going to be a very multi suck to, to plan against that that yeah. defense. I have some homework before we start wrapping up for our viewers. A couple of things to touch on. Uh, again, I, I know I'm a, I'm a geek and watch all these press conferences. I highly recommend you watch the J.C. Treader press conference from this week. Yeah. There's all this, you know, people talking about, why aren't they there? Why, why are they? 
he, first of all, it, it, he is, if you already didn't understand or didn't already know, he makes it very clear. You'll understand very quickly, I mean, why he's the president of the Players Union and why everyone says he's like the smartest man they know. Yeah. He it just he's the man. The great press conference. Um, actually, they were all great this week. You got Chubb and Ward in their press conferences saying uh, they want to be here for a while. Nick. Uh, Nick, that, that yeah, his are always listen, hilarious. I don't think I've ever said this. And I'm going to say this because ooh, ooh. buckle up, listeners. Oh boy, I love Nick Chubb, the human being. I love Nick Chubb, the football player. I do. I think he's an excellent kid, hard worker, phenomenal at his job. Think the Browns should sign him. Think he should have a successful career. I literally wish nothing but the best from him and or for him. If he doesn't do another press conference the rest of his life, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Hey, you know who? You know who would be the happiest? Don't him. Care. Yeah, exactly. He'd be the happiest if he had never to do that again. I hate watching him with press. I hate it. I hate it. I was going to ask, so, have you ever interviewed him? No, I don't. Yes, yes. But mm, maybe not one-on-one. He's not really a big one, obviously, but a one-on-one. His, his, like, that's I, why I'm saying watch the press conference. It's hilarious. But it's, it's like, it's like I get why why he has to do it. And like he knows he has to do it. But like I feel so bad for him. Like, he's not comfortable at all. But at the same time, he doesn't. He's out. He knows what he's doing. Like, right? He's, he's just not a top. Yeah. Like, he likes to, like you said, he's, he likes to be home and get after the work, and that's what makes him so good. And that's why Cleveland loves. Yep. Him. That's why you know I think they should pay him, and he should be around because running backs. Yes, there you can say they're a dime a dozen, but running backs like that do not come around. And I think that's a guy who could be at the end of his career along the lines of like, uh, you know, I mean, Jim Brown is high, high, high territory, but. Goat. He could be a Hall of Famer. I think he could be. Absolutely. So the homework, yeah, the press conferences for sure on the Browns YouTube channel. Also, I've said this before, if you've not watched the three-part series on YouTube about Anthony Schwartz's path to the NFL, watch it. I, I said I didn't see that. Very well done. I think Auburn did it or someone, but it's like a three-part, like half hour each about him. It's it's awesome. Yeah. He went to um, he went to a high school that we played when I was in high school. Uh, in Florida? Wait, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Florida, and uh, yeah, so I, I I didn't know of him, but I definitely knew the school that he went to. I didn't, I had no idea. I mean, there's so much talent down there. Oh my god, like, you know, there there are kids from everywhere down there. Like St. Thomas is a factory. I mean, we played them too. So, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I would love to watch that for sure. Yeah, not, not, not to YouTube. make this not to make this about me, but when I brought up my theory on Stefanski's genius and how they're going to use JOK. Did I sound like a football genius or did I sound like a football genius? Yeah, that's I'm you're right. I think you're exactly right. I think with both those things, you're exactly right. Flexing on the new listeners. Stefanski does. Stefanski does play 40 chess. He does. Uh, he is so. Even if it's in his basement, he's still he, doing it. He's, he's a dude. It. So all the new listeners out there, subscribe, like the dogs of war podcast, and you will hear Moments of One more genius from me. I'm promoting the podcast, Kevin. What? Go ahead. You've talked enough. You've talked about this podcast. We got one more plug. Uh, Hayden Grove tomorrow night in concert at Crocker Park. Talk to us about this. Uh, Hayden's also a very talented musician. So professional Kevin. vocalist. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm going to do uh, my first big set of the year tomorrow. Two hours at Crocker. Um, I, my parents are. are they didn't come in just for it, but it just so happens they're going. Yeah, they did. So that'll be the first time they've heard me in maybe five, six, seven years. What do you Damn. mean they didn't come out just for it? Maybe I, 
maybe they did and they just don't they just they just didn't tell me um but yeah i'll be singing the standards I, you know i sing old stuff sinatra and uh we'll do some fun stuff too some new kind of hot poppier stuff uh and some you know a little bit of like r&b and stuff like that but um it should be fun. I mean, it's supposed to. There's a chance of rain. I'm going to do it regardless. Um, show goes on, baby. Where and when? With me, with me, the show goes on. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mess around. So, um, should be a lot of fun. And I appreciate you guys uh, plugging it. I think uh, we'll have some some good friends out there, and uh, I'm excited. Where, where, and when? Crocker Park, Friday, June 18th, my sister's birthday, and uh, happy I, birthday to your sister. Yeah, thank you. Um, Jillian's turning what twenty six? Crazy. So, okay. so Raymond James Pavilion, which is right between Cheesecake Factory and where the old Vangs used to be, it's like right in the center. You can't miss it. Uh, Crocker Park, six thirty to eight thirty tomorrow. That's fantastic. Hey, you need a good little family event. Nice little uh, Friday evening at the park. Yeah. If and you've never seen or heard Hayden sing, do yourself a favor. We can all go grab a beer after. It's free, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's free. I'm fine for a free beer. I get paid by Crocker, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tips yeah. are also tips are also welcome. <laughs> Tip your bartenders and your crooners at Crocker Park. Well, sir, we do appreciate Raleigh. Are you yawning or have one more take? I was thinking we should dedicate this episode to our good friend yeah. Daniel Martino, who uh, diehard Browns fan. We've had him on the podcast. He actually passed away cancer um last week not to end on a somber note but the guy was an absolute gem him and his brother anthony and he will be missed and he will be rooting for the beloved brownies from above um next to tom seipel we'll 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 have a uh, another episode we'll talk more him. about yeah we'll talk more about you another episode but you know thoughts and and prayers to his family his parents his daughters his brother that that hurt that hurt he's been on the podcast he was on our podcast last year while in the hospital receiving chemo it's just in like you said Raleigh I pray for every team we go against this year with him and Tom Sleipel up there are you kidding me but grandfather and, and yep there you go but you talk about someone who, and just look at his Instagram, who just lived his life like it was his last day. And it sounds cliche, but he really did. So we'll have a lot more to say about Tito in the coming weeks and months. But we're thinking about the family. Uh, and Tito, love you, buddy. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep carrying that torch. Though. And shout out to the, the Athens Browns backers. I know they're doing a lot for him down there, too. But we're thinking about you guys. Absolutely. On that note. Hayden, thanks again, sir. Guys, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, my uh, my sincere condolences go out to uh, to his family. And uh, it's uh, it's tough. It's definitely the, tough. The, he went down swinging. They're all still there. You know what? In talking to his brother and him, they had high spirits the whole time. They're in high you're, spirits now. You're right, you you're just right. gotta celebrate you're the right. life. Like you're you know, right. so you're right. You're right. The Browns got a lot of. They got a lot of people. They're gonna be helping them this year. Oh, big time. Tito said to his brother, um, "I have a couple of wishes." for you to oversee with my daughter moving forward. And his brother said, I need you to pull some strings from above. And Tito says, no, I'm already all over it. Like I got this covered. So expecting big things for the Browns, mostly from the force of Tom Seipel and Tito above. God, I am so excited for this season and I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. You guys, like it's tough losing a friend, family, loved ones, everybody hug your fans. 
friends, family, loved ones, but we're going to be all right. Good feelings. 2021 is going to be sick. On that note, for Hayden, for Raleigh, for myself, thank you for listening to Dogs War Podcast. We'll have Hayden's contact info in the episode description. And as always, good night, Cleveland. Mm-hmm.